Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. All right, what's up, besties? This is Danny J. And this is Jill Coleman, and we are your hosts for today's episode and every episode, actually. Every single one. <laughs> there hasn't You're been welcome. a single one where there hasn't been one of us. We are, uh, give people a lay of the land. We're here in LA for a little girls' weekend. And uh, we just went down to the beach for a couple hours. It's very nice here. We have the dogs with us. We do. And uh, Keith's working. Jeff is also working somewhere else. And so uh, it's just the four of us gals here. Yep. Four gals. Two, four bitches. <laughs> I was going to say two <laughs> girls and two bitches, but I guess it's four bitches. And Pip just keeps eating Beasley's food. So we are, uh, we asked you, we asked you people. We asked the people. We always do. On our Instagram, uh, kind of some topics you want us to talk about. And so somebody asked us to talk about what happens when you make, well, basically how to have success without feeling guilty. Yeah, this was a great question. And it was from Ellie and she says, how to enjoy enjoy financial success without feeling guilty about others who aren't as successful. This was juicy. And I feel like this is a good one. It is a good one. We've done other episodes where it's like our... (laughs) She's got to get a squeaky toy right (laughs) when we get on the recording. I want Beasley to be quiet and self, you know, play with herself. And that doesn't sound right. You know what I mean? (laughs) But then she's got to play with a squeaky toy. But maybe they can't hear it on here. I don't know. I don't know. Probably. But one <laughs> if you hear a squeaky toy. Well, actually, before we get into today's topic, I want to bring this up and I'm interested and I, I kind of, I want to validate this actually. We ended up, we got a review. Thank you guys. We've been asking for reviews. Mm. I mean, we did specifically say that if you're not going to give us a five, don't give us one, but <laughs> <laughs> we, we want you to be honest, but not too honest. <laughs> uh, but we did get a three star. Uh, and you know, I actually appreciated this cause I went back and I was like, she's not wrong. And this was good. And it was a good reminder for me. This is from Mimi, Florida. And I can say that cause this is a public rating. I don't know who that is exactly, but she said, I'm listening to the mow the lawn episode, which is a good one. Jill says the word like almost every 10 seconds. I had to stop listening because I couldn't grasp what she was saying. I think the topics are always great. However, when you're listening to a podcast, the word usage becomes important. And I read that. And of course, I got my like human hit, of course, the first time. But then I was like, you know what? She's right. And I have episodes where I feel like I use it more. And I have episodes where I don't really use it at all. And I think a lot of it comes down to, at least for me personally, like how cohesive my thoughts are. Mm -hmm. And if I know exactly what I'm saying and I feel clear in my head about what I want to say, I don't really say the word like all that much. Um, I do say the word right a lot and the word um, but she has a good point. We do have a podcast and it is voice and you're not sitting here watching something you can't see our energy the way we're animating you can't see how we're moving you're not watching it you're not reading it 
you are listening. And so when I, I agree, and you know what, that is one of the things that I've been wanting to do with not only this podcast, but also with fit biz you and just really slow down because I feel like I talk really quickly. I think I have this feeling that if it's not fast paced and it's not always just on point that people are going to tune out. Yeah. But that's not the case with podcasts. If you've listened to, I guess the number one podcast is Joe Rogan. And if you've ever listened to his episodes, those shits are three hours long Mm -hmm. and they're not fast paced. You know, oftentimes he's talking through something or the guest takes a pause. And so this medium, I mean, shit, fuck, we've been doing these five years and I'm just like, oh yeah, this is what podcasting is. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, because I think we come from the YouTube where you got to get a message out in three minutes, you got to catch people, you got to talk fast and you got to get to the point quickly. And maybe because you and I want people to get to the fucking point quickly. I know I personally listen to my podcast at 1.5 speed at least. So sometimes I'm thinking, we often think that people think or behave how we do. So we want to... I like, at least for me personally, I try to speak fast because I want people to like get to the fucking point. But I guess they could just speed it up. They could just speed up. If you want us to talk faster, you could speed it up. We don't have to talk Well, fast. it's also <laughs> because you're listening, and this is really interesting, you guys, I don't know if you're interested in this, but audio content is the only content you can consume passively. Mm. So for example, if I'm watching a video, I have to sit there and watch the video. If I'm reading something, I have to sit there and read it, right? So I think a lot of times people are just doing other shit while they're listening to this. You're probably working out, you're on a leisure walk, you're cooking, you're in your car somehow. So it's not like the second there's a pause or the second there's any downtime, you're going to be like, oh, but with video Mm. for sure. Cause you're like, I could be doing other shit right now. I'm staring at this video. I could be doing other things, but so I need to remember that. And so I do appreciate the feedback. Of course I got, I'm human and I get the hit about like, I'm not per like you just get those hits, but yeah. I was like, you know what? That's good feedback for me. And I've been, tr- I don't want to overthink it because I think if I overthink it, then it just, you know, then maybe I just don't say what I s- want to say, yeah. but I mean, it's feedback. I don't know if I, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> how many people say like all this? I mean, it's Most almost people. like I don't even notice it because everyone, I, I feel like so many people just, but you know what though? So anyway, after that episode, I, oh, after she, that re- review, I actually went back and listened to the episode. Yeah. I hadn't listened to it yet. Yeah. And I was like, she's right. There was a section in there, not the whole episode, but there mm-hmm. was a section in there where mm-hmm. I said like a bunch. And I was like, yeah, it, but it's interesting because then I can't unhear it. Right. When she said it, I was like, fuck, I do say it all the time. <laughs> but then in a, I listened to other episodes yeah. and I was like, I don't actually say it all that much yeah. in other episodes. But that episode, she, she got me. It's like, we just say like, and we just can't like help it. Like, so like. Just well, we did do that one episode on if you are going to leave a review that's not a five star should you even leave one because i think we got did we get like a one star oh we be um, yeah we got someone who was just like i never leave reviews but these people have no expertise yeah or something like that. <laughs> we did a whole we did a whole episode on that just leave us five stars and if you don't have anything nice to say don't say it at all okay we do want you to be honest yeah. that's the truth actually um, but if you leave less than a five star, chances are we'll probably going to talk about d- it on the podcast. DM us and tell us before. <laughs> you know what? We should actually read some of the five stars out loud because yeah, that, you know, we, we want to reward people who do take the time yes. to leave us a positive review. And I appreciate that. Yeah, we do. A lot, actually. So thanks. But you know so, what that says about us? It says that we are able to take criticism. That's what I'm getting. I'm, I'm like, you know, people feel comfortable enough with us that they will leave us yeah. not a five star. It's actually true. That's actually, I do appreciate. Yeah. So, cause I would be, I don't know what it is about me, but I might be scared that 
if I left uh, some people I respected, if I left them less than a five star, I would feel like, oh, they're going to stalk me and think I'm a bad person or not a bad person, but something about me, but I do appreciate it. So thanks Mimi in Florida or Mimi in Jersey or uh, all the Mimi's listening. (laughs) Even if you haven't left us a review. (laughs) So anyway, just so you guys know, I am trying to be better about that, but we have a question. And I'll read again and let's get into it. So Ellie says, how to enjoy financial success without feeling guilty about others who aren't as successful? I think the first thing is just to call everyone around you a peasant. And then that just makes you feel (laughs) super peasants. Um, No, I love this because I know you and I personally have had um, issues around this. And I know specifically something like you brought up you had actually talked, you brought this up on episodes before about um, posting a glass of wine when you were, I don't know, were you Australia? I was in Bali, Bali yes. and I was literally in like an infinity pool mm-hmm. and I was working. I was actually on a work trip, but I posted a picture of a glass of wine um, and then behind it was like, you know, this beautiful sunset. And I did have someone say, and I, you know, I, I do get, and I know you do too. We get like, I get troll comments. I get hater comments. I don't get them as much now. I got them a lot more when I was doing like the straight up hardcore fitness and nutrition stuff. I think the biochemistry and the science and everything starts to bring out some more of those people. But it was interesting because I was about five years into my business at this point. And up until that point as a blogger, you really feel like your audience are your friends. You know, we're like all in this together. We're all, and I was very open about my success and very open about like, we're on the climb and we're doing this. And like, I was always kind of sharing behind the scenes. And so, and meanwhile, what was ironic about this, and I'll tell the story here in a second, but what was ironic about this was I was actually going through divorce when I was on this trip. And so, yes, as a reminder, not everything you see is like, you don't see the full picture, you know, so you see something beautiful on social media. You don't know what's going behind behind the scenes, but I hadn't talked about it publicly yet. I hadn't talked about my husband's, if my ex-husband's affair, I hadn't talked about any of that. So meanwhile, I'm on this girl's trip trying to feel in my power. Meanwhile, my, you know, husband had an affair and I'm just trying to like pick up the pieces of my life. So I'm on this girl's trip with a good friend of mine and I posted a glass of wine and I had someone respond to that photo and she said, if I see another glass of wine against a beautiful backdrop, I'm going to scream. Where are the pictures of the sick kids waking you up at two in the morning? Where, where's the 7 a.m. traffic? And I did. I wrote a whole post on I wrote a whole blog on this actually on my Medium account. And it was really interesting for me because it was the first time that I was like, oh, mm. it's not okay to show your success. Mm-hmm. Or people feel differently about it. And, you know, I think there are a lot of people, I think you and I are in this boat, we love seeing people successful. Like to me, especially like my friends, my clients, whatever, I love seeing that success. It doesn't, I don't take it personally. I don't make it mean anything about me. But what was interesting about that woman's comment was like, I was like, A, I don't have kids. And B, I don't fucking drive to work at seven in the morning. So I'm not going to be showing a picture in traffic. (laughs) But I get why, because we see on social media, there is this feeling of, we want to be in the struggle together. Yeah. We see this a lot from influencers. They want to show the behind the scenes and we do that too so that people feel connected and they feel related to and they feel, so I get that. That's just, I. that's not what I would share because that's not my life. Yep. But I would certainly share, shit, my husband had an affair, right? Yep. That's not the, that's not a beautiful backdrop. That's not a beautiful sunset. That's not a glass of wine. That's shitty stuff. And so that was, it. without even knowing it, even though in the moment, consciously I was like oh this lady hates her life you know like I had all those feelings it did start to on a subconscious level I did start pulling back and Shantae and I have talked about this a lot because she's just like Jill 
she's like, people need to see like you, like how you live is really inspiring people, but they need to see that. And I'm like, it's not safe. Yeah. At least in the back of my head, I was like, it's not safe to share those things. So it's, so she's actually been helping me a lot, even in the last couple of years to kind of share where I live and how I live. And the fact that, you know, Jill Fitt made a million dollars this year and like for the first time in 12 month period. So like all that kind of stuff. And I've been more open with that yeah. and starting to sort of get back to some of that. And it feels good. I love it. I love that you are now. And I think it's so real to be, it's crazy because you think that's what we all, we think that's what we want. Then we start to show it and you get a comment and you pull back and you almost, you can either self-sabotage your own success or you just stop showing it. Cause like you said, it's not safe. I remember the first time I felt that too. I had these ambassadors for sweaty Betty's. I'd been working really hard. This was after I'd gone through bankruptcy, losing everything, moving to a new state, not having a car for multiple years. I finally bought a car and I bought it cash and it was only $12,000. Like it wasn't, but it was a Cadillac, which was the nicest car I'd ever had. It like had leather inside and I'd always had like, you know, dumpy cars from college and stuff. But I got this Cadillac and nobody knew what it cost, but I knew and I had posted about it. And then I found out that my ambassadors were like talking about me behind my back because they were helping me for free. This was kind of like a volunteer position. Basically, they were, they were Sweaty Buddies ambassadors. So I would like promote their stuff. Um, I would talk about them, but they would do some work for me. Really small things like create meal plans and um, like shopping lists and things like that. But I guess little did I know that they were feeling as if they were doing my work and then I was reaping the benefits and then I'm making all the money and I'm showing off. That they were like bankrolling your yes. new car. <laughs> yes. And so there was this comment about like, oh, she can get, she can afford a new Cadillac. Meanwhile, the girl who said it was driving like a $30,000 minivan, which is fine. But I'm, I was thinking your car actually costs more than my car did. And I have been without for years and I have been struggling to pull myself up. And so I was super hurt by it. And I was so proud of myself and what I had done. And then I just almost felt like I had to justify it. And I know a lot of women do this too, where they're like, that's so cute. And you're like, oh, I got it at TJ Maxx. Or like you kind of downplay it or you don't want to make it seem like you spent a lot of money. And so I was so hurt because one, because it was happening behind my back and I found out. And two, because I had worked hard and it, I didn't even feel like it was that much success, but it was success for me. And I kind of did the same. I was kind of holding back and feeling really guilty and then almost feeling like I needed to prove that I wasn't making that much money, even though I was making six figures. So it was like, mm. I'm doing well, but I'm not doing that well. Like not enough to not, to be too cool for everyone. Like you don't want to, I don't know, like, okay. I just, um, went over to my friend Cassie's house this, um, last week and she's really blown up. She's got stuff in target. She's doing very well for herself. I don't know how much money ma she's making, but I'm assuming in the eight figures and, you know, we've stayed good, good friends over the years. And I jokingly said, like, she messaged me, we were going back and forth in DMs after. And she's like, it's so amazing. Thanks for being my friend all along. And I, I was like, thanks for not being too celebrity for me. But there is this idea that sometimes we, we get too big for people. And maybe we like the Jenny from the block. Like, I'm just Jenny from the block. I'm still cool. I still have my friends in Brooklyn and I'm a celebrity. But I think there is something to changing. And I don't necessarily think it's the person who becomes successful who changes necessarily, but the people who are around them feel like they're different. And it's 
this is what I've, I've noticed. And I don't know if this is true or just my own experience. And I'll just say it's my experience. But as you change, like, I don't think Jill's changed as a person. I've seen you over the years. Yep. But I'm sure that other people who maybe aren't at your level anymore are like, oh, she's too good for us now. Or she makes more money. She thinks she's better. It's just the perception of you and other people changes. So to this question is how can you, you know, feel... Was it f- feel like okay or not guilty? How, yeah, how can you? Yeah, enjoy it. I, I feel like that isn't really up to you. Other people are going to perceive you how they're going to perceive you. Unfortunately, I think one of the ways to not feel guilty is to always be generous and kind. So one thing I've noticed um, over the years, and just watching you, is you know your brother and and Kelsey moved to LA and they're you know young, not making a lot of money, and you were just always including them. And sometimes you have to pay for other people to to enjoy stuff with you, not making anybody feel bad about it, being able to share, but it's sometimes just not about you. I think often you, the guilt isn't really on you. It's sometimes just how other people project who you are now because of the success mm-hmm. and you might not have changed at all. And that's what's I think really hard. And that's what hurts is when you feel like you haven't changed, you feel like you're the same person. And then when you go around trying to prove it, you really are just holding yourself back. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. I was going to say, you know, I was always thinking, I always think about like celebrities, athletes, rappers, right? They always say stuff like, you know, they don't forget where they came from. And like, I always wondered why they had to say that. I was like, dude, like just own your success. You don't live in wherever anymore. It's fine. Right. Like just, you moved on and you just, but I, I think it's more for the people who are still in the old place. You know, Mm -hmm. I think that's why they feel this. So it's almost like this bell shaped curve. Like I was explaining where, in the beginning, everyone wants to see you succeed. Like, we're all doing this together. We're like all on this road together. And then it sort of flips. And this is why I think as a society, we have this like fucked up obsession with seeing celebrities fall. Like, you know, when, when we see a celebrity and they like get in a car wreck or they get a DUI or they like, you know, there's a, a domestic dispute. It's not that we want them to do that, but there's something satisfying about it. You know, and I don't like that we're like that. I don't like take joy in that. But there's something about it that just goes, yeah, they're not perfect either. It's almost like, yeah, don't get too big for your britches. We all do it, by the way. Mm -hmm. And so we did a whole episode on, uh, I think we did an episode on like your success alone is going to be polarizing. Like, and that really is what we're talking about. Your confidence alone is going to be polarizing. You do become a different person as a result of your success. Not like you're better than, yeah. but you've had to change as a person to be able to achieve that level of success or achieve that level of, you know, I guess we're talking about money here. But so I do think you are a different person. But to your point, I think so much of it is in the perception. And for whatever reason that our little, like our human brain likes to see someone not have it all, mm-hmm. you know, or don't get too big for your britches. And so in Australia, they call this tall poppy syndrome, this idea. And a lot of people self-sabotage because of it. You know, one of the things I wanted to, to sort of like a tangent to this conversation was about just talking about money in general. I don't know if you grew up this way, but my parents always said, you know, don't talk about money. Don't ask someone how much they make. Mm-hmm. Don't ask, you know, it's it's rude. It's tacky to talk about money. But in entrepreneurial circles, it's really common. And it doesn't have a charge yeah. though. You know what I mean? Oftentimes it doesn't have a charge. I mean, I, th- I feel like that's, once you get to a certain level, it doesn't really have a charge. It goes, you know, this launch made this much, this launch made this much. If I do a launch and that shit tanks, I'm like, it fucking tanked. I don't take that personally anymore. Yeah. I'm just like, something was off there. We didn't nail it. You know, we let, we dropped the ball here. It just is what else we'll do better next time. So I think there's a a clinician, like there's a clinicalness to 
um, money as you start to get more of it. But I will say that sometimes it is off-putting. Like if I've been, I've been in entrepreneurial circles too, where it feels like it's almost too much. Like it's almost people are dropping numbers a little too much. I don't take it personally. I'm not like, oh, this person's like, I'm not turned off, but I'm like, it's a lot sometimes where someone's like constantly dropping money, 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 money. And I'm just like, I don't know. Do you ever get that hit? Yes. And I, I'm with you even on the growing up. Like I remember my mom just saying, you know, they would, I would hear them like whisper about money. They'd mm-hmm. say a mouth, but they're like, you don't ask people how much they make. Right. And you don't ask people how much they paid for a house or anything. Right. These are things I always ask. I'm like, oh, what's your rent here? How did you, what'd you pay for this? What'd you pay for this? <laughs> I just always want to know. Yeah. And it's at this point, I don't feel like it's rude, but maybe it's just who we are. And it's because it's been easier to talk about and entrepreneurs do talk about money. But yes, also I've been in circles where I guess it's more of the, I know they're exaggerating or the numbers are not that real numbers. Yeah. That's actually what yeah. I was saying is like, sometimes I'm just like, wait, what? Yeah. When they're like, yeah, I have a 10 figure bit. I'm like, what? <laughs> right. What do you, how many, what is that even? What is <laughs> yes. 10 figures? I can't yes. even fucking do that. What is yeah. that? Is that a trillion dollars? Yeah. And I think as, as I got deeper into this too, I realized there was such a big difference between revenue and like net. Yes. So, uh, so revenue numbers and net, like there's such a big difference. And I think I used to just get, I, I see these people I looked up to and they're a seven figure business, seven figure business until I started to learn that if you're spending seven figures, you can make seven figures. You, I mean, <laughs> you can spend as much as you make. And so that was a big, almost, I don't know, like the cover coming off of my eyes to realize that these people who I thought were making so much money weren't necessarily rich. They right, were, were just, taking it home. Yeah, they were yeah. making a lot of money. In but, fact, some people were going into debt. Yes. I mean, I remember one of the first times I talked to someone, she had told me that she had made, I don't remember, like 1.2 million. And she's like, well, I made 1.2 and we spent 1.3. And I was like, Oh, okay. Literally so, in the red. Because I'm thinking, wow, if I was a millionaire, and so many of us do hey. this, if I was a millionaire, if I could make a million dollars, I would be so rich. But some people make a million dollars and they're broker than you. <laughs> so okay. I guess the, so the, then the question becomes, how do you turn off those voices telling you that you shouldn't be talking about money, yeah. right? Maybe they're ingrained in you. Maybe that's part of your money story is mm-hmm. like it's tacky or it's off-putting. Um, and then how do you, I think enjoying your, your money is easy. I think talking about it in circles where maybe people aren't making the same, maybe you, there's some tack that needs to be sometimes though, don't you feel like it's hard? Uh, I don't want to say you have to change your friends in circles, but in some ways you might like, okay. I just think of the, uh, what's his name? Who's the short black comedian heart? Yeah, Kevin, Kevin Hart. Hart. Yeah. I was thinking Chris Rock and Kevin Hart, and I was going to call him Chris Hart. So Kevin Hart, he has he does this bit where he's like, I was hanging, I can't hang out with athletes anymore because I can't afford. And he was talking about how he goes in this mm, nightclub yeah. and they're spending all this money. And he's like, the way my bank account is set up, I can't, my savings account is connected to my checking account. And <laughs> basically he's hanging out with people out of his financial league. And there does get to a point where maybe you're out of your friend's financial leagues. Maybe they're having to budget and you're like, let's go on a vacation. Let's do this. And they're like, uh, we can't really afford to do that. So on that side, mm. I can see like the guilt because maybe you want to take some trips and your friends can't go or it's straining mm. them to do it. And so there might be some ways that you have to make different friends who can hang, you know, financially. I don't feel like you should have to stay back and not enjoy your success. Mm. But I do, 
I, I can see how it could put a strain on things when it's coming to going out and having fun and doing those things. I've definitely been in places where, you know, I've been invited to stuff and I'm like, I really can't afford to do that. And it's not where I'm at. And definitely I probably, I couldn't hang out with athletes at a nightclub and like pitch in. I'd be like, yeah, this is on you, right? Like you're buying the drinks. <laughs> so yep. I, I think you either have to be aware and just say, Hey, like I'm taking care of everybody. So you take the pressure off them. And then if they feel guilty, that's on them. Or you might have to hang out with some friends who have a little bit more money to stay matched and enjoy it and not feel like you're leaving other people behind because that's their life and that's their journey. But I, I think there's some interesting things there when it comes to like matching where you're at and hanging out with people who maybe don't have as much. And if you have ambitions to go flying or traveling and doing things and they can't, either can you help them out or mm -hmm. can you find other people to go with? Yeah, I agree. And I think that's a, it's a, it's a valid point, especially if you are someone who you want to go and you want to have your you know best friends there or you want to have your people there and they can't afford it. Then you just, you know, you say, Hey, like, I totally get it. Like, don't feel pressure. Don't feel bad. But like, I want you to come. So it's on me. And then when you make that decision, you just obviously can't be resentful, right? You're just like, yeah, that's, I'm going to take ownership of that. And that's really what I want to do. And so I don't think you should necessarily quote unquote, hold yourself back from having the lifestyle that you want so that other people feel okay, but realize that there might be like some subsidy that needs to happen yeah. if you, if you want to bring some people along. But you know, I mean, when it comes to stuff like having a big home or driving a nice car, and I, I didn't have this actually, I just bought, um, my first like quote unquote luxury car. I had a, I bought a BMW last year and I remember feeling weird about it. And I had to like sort of talk myself, not talk myself into it, but I, you know, I'm not a big car person either. And that was why I was a little bit weird. I'd had the same car for like 11 years and you know, I don't really take fucking care of my car. This shit had like a big <laughs> dent and many dents and it had like yes. this big white thing on the side. It was all <laughs> jacked up and it was a fine car. It was Mirror like a Acura. And I was like, you know what? I'm 40. And I've been working for myself for over a decade. I'm going to get a really nice car. I've had this car for 10 plus years. You know, some people get new cars every couple of years. And I was like, and I remember I shared it on my stories and I said, you know, I feel really weird sharing this, but I'm going to push myself to share it because I'm, because I feel like, you know, this is, um, I'm proud of it. And I'm, I'm proud that like, you know, and I don't need to justify whatever. And I had it probably one of the most re responses on my stories ever from so many people saying, you need to enjoy your success. You earned it. This is so well-deserved. Love that for you. Like like the biggest outpouring of support. And that, that was really important to me. I was like, damn, this, because yeah. I was really nervous to pu publish that. I mean, I could have not talked about it all in my stories, but I was like, I want to be really vulnerable about this. I want to like be super honest about this. And I've been feeling a little weird about sharing my success. Uh, but I'm successful right now. You know, I've been successful and I've worked so hard for this. And I think sometimes that's hard because there's always the, it's always com a comparison. Yeah. You're cause you're like, I've worked really hard. And then like someone else is like, but I'm working really hard too. And I'm yeah. not making your, what you're making, you know? So it's like, it's always feel weird about saying like, I worked really hard for this, you know? And then I'm, but then you're bringing the, the, the privilege conversation yeah. and the luck conversation and the opportunity conversation, which are all valid by the way, Yeah. but it doesn't take away the fact that you worked for it. This, it's also weird because I started to think about this. Like, I don't feel like men ever apologize for this stuff. Never. Uh, there's a guy that I know who's, uh, we were like coming up at the same time. Somehow he's got on some TV show, which I don't know what the show is. I, we'll probably have him on the podcast. His name is Keaton. 
Um, and he's the muscle on IG and he's got millions of followers. He just built this gorgeous, ginormous home. He's showing the home. He's like showing the views. It's an outrageous home, but there's no shame in it. There's no shame in showing off the cars. There's no shame in showing off the house. It's just, it's so interesting. I just don't see men ever apologizing for or hiding or feeling bad about their success. It's so interesting how we have that feeling of maybe it's just we don't want to leave people behind, but it's not really leaving people behind. It's like everyone can, they can catch, instead of thinking you're leaving them behind, just think they can catch up to me. <laughs> I think <laughs> we catch all, up to you. As a woman, I think we, we tend to think like, I don't want to come off like a bitch. Yeah. That's always a big consideration. Mm-hmm. I think, whereas I think when dudes show that, it's kind of like, yeah, you should be that, mm-hmm. you know, like you're, you're a dude mm-hmm. you should provide, you should be successful. You should have ambition. Yeah. So maybe this is equivalent to us as women sharing our body being like, Hey, mm-hmm. here, I have a nice ass. I have these nice tits. Like, I don't know, maybe that's sort of the equivalent where there's definitely a lot of us that will unapologize. I mean, I do, I'll show my body on social, right? Yeah. And I'm not apologizing for that. So maybe yep. that's the same in the same vein. But I agree with you. I think we need more women sharing their success yeah. and sharing what's possible. And I think yep. we're seeing that. I think we are starting to see that. I fucking love it because to me, I'm just like, but I don't know that I love, I know that I don't love, I think I find it cheesy when it's someone like a Ty Lopez mm-hmm. being like, here's my Lamborghini collection. Like, I'm kind of like, who is this fucking guy? But when a woman does, I'm like, hell yes. Yeah. You know? So I don't know. I'm, I definitely am biased as well. Well, so on the flip side of this, um, I've been in the situation where I'm like the broke friend and there was a moment where I was a little, so in 2016, right before I found out about my husband's affair, he and I went out to dinner with our friends, Chris and Lori Harder. Lori's been on our podcast. And at the time, I know we, I don't know what exactly she was making for network marketing, but we, Jill and I probably assume, kind of knows in the six figures a month. So they were doing way better than we were. Like I thought we were doing well for ourselves, but not six figures a month. That's for sure. Still not there. And um, I remember just going out and, and like having kind of a, what are they going to think of us? Do they think we're not as good as them? Mm. And it's, and it was my own projections kind of things, but it was interesting because they had said at that dinner, there was another couple they had gone out with maybe a month or so before. And they said it was so uncomfortable because that couple just kept saying things like, well, like justifying their place and almost like, well, we're trying to make this much. And they were trying to talk about the money they were making. And, and Chris and Lori were like, we're not even thinking about that. So it suddenly just them saying that, because I had like my initial little bit of feeling maybe not good enough. Hearing them say that made me just drop it all of a sudden and go, oh, they don't care. Like they want to be with people for people, not because of how much money they're making. Mm-hmm. But I did have those thoughts for a moment of sure. what are they going to think of us when we're not doing that w- as well as they are. And so I, I really do think that often it's the other person who's projecting more on you and your success than you're putting out. And so it's not really on us necessarily. I mean, we could make it worse. Obviously, if you're rubbing it in and being weird and cocky, like, but I don't feel like if you're asking this question, that's the kind of person you are. So if you're still just being your your normal, genuine self and your normal your normal self, how you've always been to people and you just are a good person, hopefully they're not making a big deal of it and projecting it on you. But if they are, that's probably on them. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the like short answer of this is like, you can enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Like I think the, the short answer is you can enjoy it. I think 
the hardest part is when you feel like other people are projecting their own insecurities on you. Cause it does affect you, even though it's not nothing you can manage. It's nothing you can say or, cause I think the only thing you could do if you were starting to feel sensitive about that is to not show your success and not enjoy your success. And I think that's way fucking worse. You can self-sabotage. And, and you know, there were a few years in there where I didn't, I wasn't sharing my success. And I also, was in scarcity, right? Mm-hmm. Cause I'm like, Oh, it's not safe to strive. It's not safe to make a lot of money. It's not safe yeah. to, and like on a subconscious level, you start pulling back and you start sabotaging your success, which helps no fucking buddy. Yep. So, you know, I think it, it does affect you, but I also think it's okay if you're close with the person to just have the conversation. And I know that's really uncomfortable, but I think your experience is always valid and not in an accusatory way. I think there's a way that you can be like, hey, man, you're like acting really weird. Like, what's the big deal? Like, you don't fucking, like, I think, you know, you don't need to call them out like that, but you can say, hey, just want to make sure. Like, I know that I just got this, like, we just got this new house and I just want to be honest with you. Like, I'm feeling a little bit self-conscious, but I, you're one of my closest friends and I need to know that you feel that you're happy for me. You know, I want, I really need to feel that you're happy for me. And I get that like, maybe it's like, it's a weird thing. Or I don't know if it's a weird thing, but I just want to call it out because it's there. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because we are so close yeah. and I don't want it to be weird between us. Like, are you feeling some kind of way? Because I feel like you might be, you know, and I think if it's honest and it's vulnerable, then they can receive it well. Cause you can say, I'm just feeling this. And like, I'm worried because you're so, you're such an important person to me. And I, this relationship is so important to me. Are you feeling, am I just, am I just making something up? Am I just in my imagination or are you feeling some kind of way about this? I like that. And it's hard, man. Yeah. I would imagine if you had that conversation, I know if somebody had that conversation with me, it'd be disarming enough to where it might even smack me out of my like actual jealousy and go, Oh my God, Yes, I have been jealous or I have been feeling some sort of way, but I'm sorry. I didn't really realize I was acting that way. I think it would kind of snap you out of it and it would be a disarming way to bring it up. And I think a genuine friend would appreciate that and kind of appreciate being called out because it, I don't know, at some point you, if you're the friend who's having the jealousy or yeah, feeling like you're, I would be embarrassed. Yeah. And, and you just kind of would probably go down a weird spiral. You just t- tell yourself stories and it, it's just getting things straight from the horse's mouth yeah. helps a lot. And I think if you bring it up in that way, instead of accusing mm-hmm. the person of you just like put it on yourself and you say, Hey, like, I'm just feeling this way. Yeah. Like, am I out to lunch or is this like an actual thing? And yeah. I just am bringing this up like super vulnerably. Like I'm kind of embarrassed to bring this up, but you know, so if you use some of those qualifiers, I think how are they going to be yeah. pissed that you brought it up? How is it going to end poorly if you bring it up in a really honest, vulnerable way? Yeah. And one last thing I would say to somebody who maybe is the one who has more successful friends and maybe is feeling a little jealous or less than is, and I had to tell this to myself actually a couple years back. So Jill and I joined this mastermind um, and we Mm. were probably the brokest people in there. I mean, people making eight figure, having eight figure businesses and, you know, just really crazy, a lot of real estate people. So there's a lot of money in there. But uh, I remember some of them coming up to us for advice and asking us things. And I was going, why would they want advice from us? And they're more successful. And it made me realize that my worth and value didn't have to do with how much I made. And there are people want to be around me, not because of my success or lack of success, but because of me. And so it helped me a lot just in my own confidence and my own security around people who had more money because there was parts of me who felt like I was in rooms and masterminds where maybe I wasn't worthy of being in there. And 
as I sat back and looked at it, I was like, they're not, they don't know what was in my bank account or not in my bank account. And they're treating me no different. And anything that I was feeling was my own stuff. And it was my own And if someone treats you differently because you make less money, then fuck that person. Yeah. Yeah. Literally fuck that person. (laughs) Like if they're like, oh, like you're like, you know, like, oh, you're like, they literally treat you. And it's funny because in the service industry, I hear this a lot from personal trainers they have clients that treat them like the help. You know what I mean? Like they treat them like, you know, like they just talk down to them and they're very short with them. And I'm like, fuck that person, fire that client. Yeah. Literally fire that client for treating you that way. Yeah. So yeah. Cool. You know, one of the things I started to tell myself later, you would see these Grant Cardone's who's got a private jet and, you know, boats and all the things. I I don't even need to have that. I just, I want to be friends with the people who have that. I don't want to have my own boat, my own, um, I just want to be on the boat, my boat and jet bill. I just want to be friends with those. So don't even worry about having it all. Just make friends with those people so you can get invited <laughs> and then you don't have to deal with the upkeep of the, the jet and the boat. <laughs> well, on that note, I love this conversation. It's interesting because I feel like we've talked around this, but we haven't actually talked about this. So yeah. a couple episodes for you guys, we talked about what if you make more, what if women make more money in the relationship? We talked about your success alone will be polarizing. That's a good one to listen to. We've talked, we did another episode on outgrowing people in your life. Um, so go back to that, but like short answer, enjoy your success. Enjoy we want it. you to, and yeah. it's inspiring to, to those who are secure. It's inspiring. Yep, it is. Well, thanks. And leave us a five-star review for this one. <laughs> I don't think I said like as much. Yeah. Uh, appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. And again, you guys, we love when you ask us questions or just want us to riff on something. These always end up being really fun conversations for us. And hopefully you find value in them as well. Thank you for being here for your time and attention as usual. And we will see you guys on the next episode. Bye guys. Bye. Bye.